question. This what I'm going to bring to you tonight was given to me when I was up at Ernie and Beverly's house in Bismarck. They live on a pretty, I don't know, you know, quarter mile, half a mile length lake, man-made lake. And it has neighbors all around the lake in the subdivision. And, and God kind of, sp- I get up at night quite a bit. I went out there one night looking out the window and God kind of gave me this. Let's, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your kindness and your goodness to us. Thank you for helping us, never leaving us, forsake us. We, the, the best is yet to come. Uh, God in heaven, help us to see it. In Jesus' name, amen. The question I pose to you tonight is, do you understand the concept of the spreading of the gospel? In so many cases through the years, I do not think people understand the spreading of the gospel. The last 50 years, I've seen a lot of discouraged witnesses for Jesus. Now, when you get born from above, filled with the Holy Ghost, sealed by the Holy Spirit, uh, you're a child of God from the inside out. You're not a disciple of a group of men or because men didn't save you. God saved you. And, and God, in his book, has given us in the New Testament a game plan, an uh, outline, a roadmap on what we're to do after we get saved. Amen? It's clear, simple, straightforward. And he says, he told his disciples, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Go, go do it. Don't be discouraged. I'm going to be with you. Well, Moses even challenged God. He said, if you don't go, I'm not going. That's what Moses told God. God, God says, well, I'm going. I'm going with you. He said, well, I'll go if you go. I don't blame Moses a bit on that, by the way. I'll be a witness for Christ if he'll be with me. Amen? Years ago, uh, I, I decided to be to obey a simple command of Mark chapter 16, verse 15, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so it doesn't take uh, uh, a mature person at 18 years old. I didn't know much about life and much about what was going on, but I knew that I understood that verse. And I began to grab gospel tracts and go out and just, when I meet people, say, have you best news I ever found? Or would you like to have this? Read it. Um, I bumped into a nice-looking girl. I was single, and I gave her one called This Was Your Life by Jack Chick. And she read it. We dated some, and she got saved from that gospel tract and some others. And now, <coughs> excuse me for the coffin, that's my wife. Kathy was saved directly, really, from the influence of a gospel track. Um, I've seen a lot, of, I've met a lot of burnt out witnesses for Christ. They're just burnt out. I mean, they've all but quit telling others about Jesus. They used to be on fire. You know, when people first get saved, they get this initial, whew, 
This initial, I'm excited. I got born from above. God saved me and forgive me of sin. But it gets dull. It's dull. A knife gets dull with use. You got to go back and sharpen it, right? Nobody would have a knife and use it, use it, use it, and never sharpen it. They go back and resharpen it. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to take our knife and go resharpen that edge. My grandfather was a barber, and he had leather. He'd take that leather. I also get whipped with it, but he also sharpened his uh, razor with that thing. I liked it when he was old. He had the shakes. He'd come at you with that razor like this. Tell you what, I got some butches that look like this on top. Uh, I mean, they quit. They used to pass tracks out. They quit. They used to leave a brief testimony with the waitresses and with people they met at the store. They quit. Um, they even get to the place sometimes where they begin to poo-poo, that is, naysay, or poo-poo those who are excited about witnessing door-to-door or wor- doing world evangelism or bus ministry. I've heard them say, do you really think it does any good bringing in boys and girls on buses? Do you really think it does any good? Do you ever see any of them saved or added to the church by that or by door-to-door? Now, my answer is, I have. But when I was younger, I hadn't. Well, so did that make it wrong? There's a bus ministry, should we quit it because we haven't personally seen a family get saved during the church? Should we quit it because of that? Should we quit door-to-door because we haven't personally seen somebody going from door to door and get saved, baptized, join the church. Should we quit that? Or should we keep it up because God said, go in the world and preach the gospel to every creature, and it's just a method of doing that. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> nice having this mic. I get to cough right in it. I can oftentimes miss it with this, but I'm bear with me. I get what they feel. I get what they feel. I've heard, I've heard the same voices they've heard. Uh, I, I see from the surface the negative things they see. I see thousands and thousands of tracks going out with sometimes, it seems like, little visible testimony of fruit. But does that mean we should quit? Does it really change the nature of our responsibility to the lost around us? Does it change the verbiage of a command in Scripture to go into the world and preach a gospel to every creature? Uh, Matthew's version of that in 28th chapter, go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to deserve all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. And does it change the nature of the book of Acts, the whole book of Acts, which is everywhere, persecuted, uh, whatever condition they were in, they went everywhere preaching the gospel, witnessing about Jesus. Now remember, these people did not have the New Testament. You know, you got the Romans road, man. You got the John's road, the gospel of John road. You've got a combination of Isaiah, the gospel from Isaiah, tying that in with the virgin birth of Christ in Matthew. You can show people 
man, you can take that and show people how Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. You got the New Testament. I got the New Testament. These early Christians, they did not have a written New Testament. That was later, came years later. And yet they were told, go and tell the gospel. What's the gospel? Jesus died, he was buried, and rose again the third day. Why? He died for your sin and my sin. Christ died for our sins. That's what the book says. According to the scripture, he died. So we go tell people, hey, you know, there is somebody out there that loves you. God. Jesus Christ specifically, who's come, he's died. You say, Brother Bill, that's an old worn out thing, man. Everybody's heard that. The gospel never wears out because it is backed by the power of God. Any other thing would wear out. I get it. Every, any, any other thing that's been preached as long as that's been preached would have been threadbare by now, but not the gospel. Not the gospel. When you talk about the gospel, that edge has been sharpened by God himself. That edge of the knife. Have you ever, have you ever gone uh, and looked at uh, a rose bush and touched those thorns? I call them God sharp. They have a thing called a sea anemone. It's a creature. It's, it's, a, it's a black creature. It's got long spines about that tall time you've seen them, sea anemones. And, they, and, and if you take your finger to just test to see how sharp one of them points, they're going to go in your finger. It's that sharp. It's cellular sharp. Maybe down to one cell at the end of that little point. I call it God sharp. Nobody can sharpen anything sharper than God sharpens it. He sharpens it as sharp as you can make it. And listen, we've been told to take this gospel and just tell it. That's all. Thank the Lord, I haven't been told to save people. In Corinthians, it says, Apollos watered, I planted Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. Thank God I don't have to give the increase. Thank God I don't have to sit. I'm not going to someday stand responsible on how many got saved on the bus ministry. I am going to stand responsible on how far out we went, who we went to, what efforts we made, how how serious we were. With the opportunity we had, what did we do? We will be held responsible for that with the age you lived and the the people you bumped into. Uh, You will and I will be held responsible for that. So upon clear examination and contemplation, and even, if I may say, meditation. For many, many years of Christian service, let me share with you some wonderful truth on being a witness for the gospel. Because what I just shared with you was introduction. Don't worry, don't worry. At Ernie's, years ago, I stumbled across a thing. I was looking for night lights along my driveway. Uh, they had to be solar, had to be run by the sun because I didn't want to go through the power and all that stuff. So it had to be solar and I had to be able to take a charge and then stay pretty much burn all night. You know, eight, nine, ten hours. So I found these 
these night lights, these lights that on pole that are look like a flame. And they, have you ever seen them? They look like a flame. I mean, from a distance, it looks like a gas light. There's over a hundred LED lights in this thing that are computerized to operate like it is a real flame. I was going to bring one tonight and turn all the lights off and let you see it, but I forgot about it. I, I got out of the house, you know, I didn't remember the problem, but I'm sorry about that. So I loved them. I saw them on the internet. I ordered four of them. They were pricey. They're 20 some bucks a piece, 24 bucks a piece. I ordered 100 bucks of them. And I brought them. I, boy, I got them at the house. I, Kathy had never seen them. I put them up at the house. Up by the, You got one? Bring it up here. Bring it up here, brother. I turn all the lights off when I tell you. I was very thoughtful of you to do that. Where in the world you come up with that? Oh, okay. We're going to turn all the lights off so no screaming. You think you guys can accomplish that? That's a lot of lights. Now, this is just a little one, and I can tell he went cheap on me. But from a very, very, the ones I have are much bigger than this, and it, it looks honestly, close up may not, but that looks like a flame, doesn't it? I mean, the ones that you've got to spend over $5 on, they're a little bit more better. But uh, go ahead and put all the lights back on. This is what it was. It was something like this. Appreciate that, those example. Now, like anything good, my wife couldn't believe it, how beautiful it was. Man, my, and my, my brother, he came on, you know, he, wow, you got some of those lights. I said, yeah, pretty soon he's got them over at his place. So I said, I got to buy more of them. So I bought 10 more. And I lined the whole front of my property with them every, every so many feet. And, and he bought more. And so then I bought another 10 of them and put them down all the way down my driveway. So now you come to my house, they're in the front of the house, down the driveway, in front of my doorway. And it looks like I got real flame, gas lit flames. It's the neatest thing in the world. I just love them. And... Uh, so I thought, you know, you get something good, you want to share it. So I thought, you know, Ernie Leonard up there has got a dock, just a brand new little dock. It's got four posts. I thought, I'm going to get him four of those, and he can just slip them in. The, it was an op, you know, open post. He can just slip them in the post and have him four dock lines. That was two years ago. So I did. We ordered him, sent it to him direct. He got them, put them up. He says, wow. Wow. We sent some over to Beth Moore, her sister lives in uh, Santa Barbara. And you know, they have fire trouble in California, real bad trouble. And so she put them out and her neighbors came over and said, you cannot have gas lights 
in our area because of fire. You know, it's like tinder dry. You can't have no fire. I said, it's not real fire. It's LED lights. It looked like fire. That's how good they are. They look like fire, like a real deal. They couldn't believe it. They said, yeah, no, that's not fire. So we sent them around. Well, it's been two years since been able to go to Ernie's. Now, Ernie, his porch, he has a porch right on the lake, and he has a big picture windows in his house. And uh, we got there, you know, settled in. That night, I get up quite a bit at night, and I was out there in the living room looking out the window. And I looked around. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. There was over a hundred, at least over a hundred gas lights, those flicker lights, all around the lake. Every, almost every house. Every house had them. Every dock had them. Some of the people there have quite a bit of money. They put 20, I counted 20 at one guy's house. 20 of those. He lined them up. Now it's neighbor against neighbor. You know, who's going to have the most lights? And they got them. And they, when, the, when the lake's real still, you can see them reflect off. It's just a need. You'd have to see it to believe it. I was looking out that window, and I saw all these flickering, looks like gas-lit lamps all along the lake and on the docks reflecting out of the water. And I thought, that's just gorgeous, beautiful. That's just beautiful. And the Holy Spirit... whispered whispered he said that's the gospel that's, that's the gospel From four little lights came hundreds. I didn't buy them. I didn't have to sell them. It was the fire of the gospel. I'm not responsible, but to just spread it. It'll catch on. It'll catch on. Somebody you've talked about, talked to about Jesus, you don't know what happened, but they got saved. They became a light. From that light went other lights. And they got saved. Now you don't know it. You don't know it. You're not going to know it. Somehow I believe the Holy Spirit kind of just says someday you're going to get to see how far and how many 
the gospel is affected through your witness. Just one person can affect thousands. How many do you think are saved because the Apostle Paul gave a faithful witness? Do you think that Paul has any idea how many of us are related to him? Meaning, I'm in his lineage. Are you in his lineage? Or are you in Apostle John's lineage? Or are you in Apostle Peter's lineage? Meaning somebody he told about Christ, told somebody else about Christ, told somebody else about Christ, told somebody else about Christ, got saved, got saved, got saved. Eventually got older, Tom Gillespie. Folks, we need to be encouraged. We need to be on fire to pass the gospel out. We get discouraged. I thought of Elijah, 2 Kings 19. He had just witnessed the greatest power, demonstration of the power of God he had ever seen. He had just killed 850 false prophets of Baal. The children of Israel just decided that Jehovah was God and throwing off the false worship of Baal. That was a victory. And then, and then old Jezebel said, I'm going to have your head for tonight, and he ran. Got scared, ran south. Beersheba out in the wilderness. You know the story. Eventually he told God, he complained to God really. You know, he said in verse 14, he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. They've thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. That's pretty bad. It's not that bad now. Not that bad now. Here's what he said. I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it. Nothing worse than an old, discouraged, independent, fundamental Bible believer. I like what God answered him in verse 18. He says, yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel. All the knees which have not bowed unto Baal and every mouth which has not kissed him. People tell me fundamentalism's dying out. It can't die out because God can't die. And God's the author of it. And he's the sustainer of it. See, we're not an organization. We're an organism. Call yourself what you want to call yourself. But I'm a believer who believes the Bible is the word of God from cover to cover. I believe the power of the gospel is as good today as it was the day they preached it on, that Paul preached it in, in Athens. When he says, I bring to you, I don't even know how to word it. He said, I'm just going to talk to you about the unknown God because you're so far away from him 
that you don't, I can't even relate to you. I can't even explain it other than he's the God that made heaven and earth, the sea and the fish and the dry land and everything that's in it. That's where he started with them because they, they were such heathens. You meet people today don't know who Jesus is. I've met a few. As a, as a nation heathenizes. But we're not that heathen. Most people know about who Jesus is. Driving up and down this country, I'm encouraged at the billboards. All up and down this country, in the back country, in the front country, in the main roads, the side roads, about Jesus and the gospel. And I'm excited at how many people have put billboards up against abortion all over every, we went 25 states, 20, 25 states, probably at 9,500 miles, back roads, there are anti-abortion signs out in the country of every kind of expression. Baby's heart starts at 18, to, you know, I've just every kind of way you can express it. Some of them kind of crazy, but they're all saying the same thing. A baby's a human, don't murder him. I think God's raised up a group of people. Sometimes we say, oh, they're dying away. We're heathenizing what we may be, but the darker the night, the brighter the light, brother. It was a dark, moonless night when I looked at all those flame, those flaming nightlights. <coughs> Excuse me. I think we need to keep sowing. And I don't think we ought to do it with a sad look on our face and poor soul, poor me like Elijah got. I think we should do it with our head up, thrilled that God, that we have the Bible, that once somebody gets saved, we can give them some food. We got a local church we can bring them to, and there are many local churches like ours that are spread across the world that they can go to. And we've got a gospel that's sharp. It's so sharp, it's God sharp. And it'll penetrate the drunk's heart and the cocaine addict's heart. And it'll penetrate the doubter's heart and the skeptic's heart. And they'll be able to see what it is to be saved and be saved. The little thing called the gospel, the little message of my son, God said, it's like a fire. Now, hasn't God taught us about fire? The word of God's like fire. It's like a fire. My wife and I went through Yellowstone from the south to the north, from the east to the west. I never saw as many buffalo and animals. I've been through Yellowstone four or five times. Never have I seen more animals. We saw two, 3,000 animals, buffaloes. I didn't know the herd of buffalo was that big. All kinds of animals. You may not know this, but in the 80s, I believe, Yellowstone burnt. 65% of Yellowstone burnt to the ground. Those trees that grow in Yellowstone are extremely slow growing. A 20-year-old tree is only that high from the floor. 20 years. Those tall trees you see up in Yellowstone, they're 75, 80 years old, 100 years old. Slow growing. That fire went through that place 
and wiped out 65, because those trees were so close, it wiped them out to the ground. Nothing was left but black. They said Yellowstone has been ruined. How did that fire start? From one little campfire or one little lightning strike. I'm not quite sure how it's, but just a little spark. That encourages me. I can give the gospel a little spark. And from that little spark, God will create a fire. And that fire can spread. Who knows how far that thing can spread. You heard the story over and over about Dale Moody being led to Christ by a shoe, a shoe salesman. You don't think that shoe salesman, when he gets to heaven, is going to see, like I did, standing on that lake? All these people have come to Christ through the gospel that you were able to give D.L. Moody. Because D.L. Moody went out as a fire. And they said over a million decisions under D.L. Moody for Christ. Out of that million decisions, how many more million came out of that? But you know who's going to get the glory for all this, don't you? Not going to be Bill Lytell, not going to be Jimmy Nosgood, not going to be Tom Gillespie. It's going to be Jesus who deserves it. We are his servants. God forbid you stand before him someday ashamed that you did not and were not bold as a lion. With, with what? The message that he died, he was buried, and he rose again the third day for the sinner. That's all you got to tell him. Jesus loves you. He died for you. And God resurrected him. Of all those who said they're the Christ, he's the one that got resurrected. He's the one that God put his seal on. The Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, what a fire can be kindled from just a small match. No insignificant, unnoticed, but what power. Now, so the question I finish with and I pose to you tonight is will you not just believe the command of God? I need to do, I need to believe more. You know what I mean? There's degrees of belief. You know, the 10%, 20%, 30%, 40%. Will you go around telling people that God loves them, Jesus loves them? We give out those smiley faces on vacation, and it's more of a missions trip in some ways. We get to go to these far out, strange places and pass out to smiley faces. And I, I remember giving them to some of the roughest looking people. I mean, some people get looking rough. You know, they got rings in their nose and bells in their toes. I don't know, I mean, they get looking rough, man. I give some of them almost scared they're gonna pull a knife on me. And they'll smile and say, because it says Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me? What is that? I had one guy say, I'm going to read this. I'm going to put this in my pocket. I'm going to take this home and read it. I said, you could do it. I was passing through. A little match. Some of the matches, they don't catch. I only have to catch one. I only have to catch one. 
What's it take? Just a grain of a, a faith of a grain of mustard seed. I'm not asking you, and God's not asking you and me a whole lot. He's just saying, believe enough to do it. Cut the excuses. Cut the reasons why not, and just do it. I don't like to pass tracks out tough. Pass them out anyway. I don't believe they work. Start believing God works. It's not whether they work. It's whether does God work, amen? I think it's a mute argument to think whether they work or not. I don't have to know how many people get saved through the tracks I pass out. I just need to do it. There are whole books. And for a while, we read testimonies up here from the books. There were just stuff full of testimonies how people picked tracks up in the trash and got saved. They picked tracks up in the restaurant and got saved. I had a waitress tell me, don't you ever quit putting tracks out in a, in a restaurant? I see these old waitresses. Some of them have hard lives. Some of them have awful situations they're living in. And this woman had been a waitress for years. You know what I'm talking about, Kathy. She said, don't you ever quit giving those out. Them girls take them in the back. And when they're not busy, she said, I'll see them reading every word of those tracks. You know why we quit? No faith. Well, faith can't please God. You say, what do you mean? Well, the Bible says it this way. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for it? God's not going to let you see it because he wants you to exercise faith without seeing it. You get it? If he showed it all to you, you say, oh, well, hey, he, in many ways, God hides it from you so that you'll do it by faith. You'll do it. You'll run the bus without seeing anybody saved for a while. You'll run the bus whether, whether kids respond or don't respond. Why? It's the right thing to do. You'll get out there and do it by faith. And, and you know, it's impossible to please God, uh, Hebrews, uh, I believe it was 11, say, without faith. And so everything's around faith. Just believe in it because he said so. But it says, but if we hope for that which we see not, then we, we do with patience wait for it. And that's what we're doing. Now, Tom Gillespie's an old farmer. And I just went through, oh my, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Indiana, Ohio. They're full of, right now, corn, or not corn, should be knee high before July, but it's not quite that big. They have corn, they have wheat, they have all kinds of grain plant. Man, America is planted. We are planted in the north. They're planted. Every piece of ground practice has got something growing on it. They're out there, they're out there planting and planting and planting and planting and planting. Thank God for that. That's your food. But a farmer's got to wait patiently, right, for the latter rain, former rain. They don't have irrigation system until just recently. You had to wait for God to give the rain. And if he didn't give the rain, you didn't have a crop or had a small crop. So a farmer requires patience to wait before the day of fruit comes. He has to wait quite a while. 
And that's the analogy for us. You know, this we too much are, I think we're too much, if I don't see something happen right away, it's not happening. It's not happening, which is a wrong conclusion. And you know what I decided years ago? I decided to have, I decided the only way I'm possibly going to succeed, I got to have blind faith. I decided if I never see anybody saved, I'm going to keep witnessing. I'm going to keep passing tracks out. I'm going to be in a door to door. I'm going to be responsible to people around me to at least give them an opportunity to be saved somehow or way or another. T-shirts. I mean, crazy stuff. I, I just go, you know, banners, T-shirts, billboards, name something. Pet ministry. We as crazy as have a pet ministry. How in the world you get a dog in this thing? I don't know, but they did. And so, grab some tracks, brag about Jesus to somebody, mail it, pass it out, tell it, billboard it, spread it. Whatever, whatever you do, keep giving it out. Don't let the evil one, don't let your old nature, don't let your skepticism, Stop you. Do it because it's right to do. Do it because God said do it. I really don't need any more now. Going to the world and preach the gospel of every creature was not a suggestion. It was a command. Years ago, they went through New York City <coughs> on the streets. And they said, Do you believe the Ten Commandments are commandments or suggestions? The majority of the people they talked to said they were suggestions. And he would say, you mean thou shalt not kill is a suggestion? Yeah. I hope you know better. Going to the world and teach all nations is not a suggestion. It's a commandment. That board in the back there, that mission board, is how serious we are at gospel here about fulfilling that command that God said to do that. I hope you haven't quit giving to missions. I hope you haven't gotten discouraged about giving to missions. I hope you're as encouraged to giving to missions as the first day you got to write the check to give the missions to help them boys and, and, and them women, men and women who are willing to go and are called to God to go where we can't go so that those people get to have some of the fire that we got, the gospel. I'm forever indebted to the person who told me about the gospel. Now, more indebted to the God who sent his only begotten son so that I could be saved. In the last few months, we've lost eight men. People I love. In 1992, when I first became senior pastor, I'd been there 11 years, 12 years assistant. I buried 11 people from Gospel Baptist. And we're only running about 80 on a good day. Never felt good. And I went to God and I said, I was kind of discouraged. I said, Lord, they're dying faster than they're coming in. 
We got a whole church on the other side. Now I'll tell you one thing. You won't be in heaven five minutes that you don't wish you'd listen to what I'm telling you tonight if you don't. If you don't listen to it and you ignore it and go on your own way and ignore it, you're ignoring the voice really of the Holy Spirit. I'm not the Holy Spirit. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I hope you get re-enthused. You used to do something, start it up again. You used to be more bold. Now you've grown kind of quiet. Get, Get loud again for God. And you say, well, people get mad at you. Yeah, they don't really get mad that much. You know, all the years going door to door. I've never had anybody shoot me. I've never had anybody beat me up. I've never had anybody throw anything at me. I have the worst I've had happen is tell me, get off property, you're going to call police. That's the worst I've had happen. And I've argued with a few of them. Pastor McKinney was with me one day, and a guy told him to get off property. I thought he was going to get into a fist to fist to come. Pastor McKinney was an old Irishman, was a bartender before he got saved. I, I said, preacher, we're not here to beat the guy up. He said, nobody talks to me like that. I said, they do to Jesus. They do to him. And uh, so I think, I hope you go away with those lights at Ernie's house. Both left to right, far as I could see, from four little lights. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. There'll be a day that I believe God's going to let us see that mighty host, that myriad, that cloud of witnesses. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for these dear people. Our very name, Gospel Baptist, carries it with it, the the very purpose of our existence. Help us not to forget it. We're at this now 41 years. Help us to be as fired up today as we were the first day we got here. Bless the work. Cause some of those witnesses to, to catch the burn. In Jesus' name. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.